start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we bless your name today, Father God. We know that, uh, that you are here, that your name is being glorified through everything that is done in the service today, Father. Lord, we also know that the evil one is here, and he is listening, waiting to get the words that you have prepared for our lives today, Father God. And when he gets a chance, he wants to twist them in our lives throughout the week, Father. He wants to tell us that we are no good, that we are not capable, we are not worthy to receive these words from you, Father. Lord, I ask that your word today fall upon hearts that are willing to listen to your word, Father. The same way you minister to me, Father God, through this word of yours, Father, I pray that you minister to our church, Father. Lord, let it be your word. Let it be your spirit moving, Father. And let it be your light leading us forward, Father. We ask all of this in your precious and holy name. In God's people say, Amen. So, I get to preach today. Amen? And I got half an hour. I told that music minister, cut it. <laughs> no. Um, so, let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 8. And we were actually going to open our Bibles up to Leviticus, but uh, someone said, I don't think so. I said, come on, it's all about worship, it's all about praise, it's all about God's order. And I said, well, you know what, God will lead. Um, So God led to Luke chapter 8. And we're going to start reading his word in verses 4 through 8. Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 8. Once you find it, nice strong amen. Amen. This is what God has for us. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seeds. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plant. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop, a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, He Who has ears to hear, let him hear. So, (laughs) um, how many have heard this song, this this story before? Really? All of you all? Well, thank you for coming. God bless you. And no, (laughs) I wish. (laughs) Good. Some of you didn't raise your hand, so praise God. 
I have somebody that I can teach to. So we know that this is a parable that God or Jesus presented to, to these people around him. What is a parable? I always thought, as the VeggieTales would say, it's a pair of bowls. But that has nothing to do with it, so I don't know. But in doing the research, the, the, I guess layman's terms puts it as a parable is an earthly story with heavenly meaning. Which means that Jesus Christ comes down to where we are at and says, hey, okay, so I know, let's see, I know somebody in here knows about CNC machines and I'm going to talk to him about CNC machines and how they go together and how much output they put out. Or some people know about uh, what uh, gardening uh, and, and, and putting seeds in the ground. Other people know about what uh, selling or how about water treatment. Fun. Maybe not. (laughs) So God comes down and he's going to put this in our terms where we're at. He's coming to where we're at. So what do we got? A story that relates to, well, what does he have around him? Farmers. People who sow, people who who spread out, people who harvest, people who actually cannot go to Aldi's or cannot go to pavilions, cannot go to Trader Joe's and buy their food because there were no Trader Joe's or Aldi's or other stores. They had to work for their food. So what does he say? Well, verse 5, we see, well, we from verse 5 to verse uh, 8, we see four different types of soils. Correct? Y'all pick that up? Get with me? All right. The first soil in verse 5, what does it say? It, sell, it said, it fell beside the road. The second one fell on the rocky soil in verse 6. In verse 7, it said, the one, the, this seed fell among the thorns. And the fourth in verse eight says this fell on good land or on good soil. So far, so good. We're good. Yes. So you guys know this. This is great. So the first one land on hardened soil. It was uh, on the ground. You could step on it. People walk there and it would get squashed. Or birds would come down and pick it up and eat it. The other one, you know, there was dirt. Because you need, you need, there's like rocks and stuff. But there was dirt. So the seed said, okay, I'm going to grow. And it starts growing, but there's no roots. There's nothing for it to, to be standing on. So what happens as the sun comes up, it withers away. The third one fell within thorns, which means that there's something, there's a place where it can grow. It can germinate, but it's not alone. It's not pure. When it grows, there's weeds. And I I don't know about you, but I hate pulling weeds. They're the hardest thing. And then when they have thorns around them, that's even worse. Because you put your hand in and it just tears you up. And it does the same thing with, with any plant that grows with it. To the point where it will choke it and kill it. 
So, Jesus is with his disciples. And they turn to him and say, hey, why are you talking to the people like this? What does this mean? So, Jesus, in his, in his mercy, he says, all right, I'll, I'll let you know. So, verse 11 through 15, it says, This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path, those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes them away. The word from their hearts, so that they cannot believe and be saved. Those on the rocks are those who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of tests, testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but they go on their way. They are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. So we're all on the same page still? We're good, right? So as I was reading this, I'm like, okay, this is a clean cut story. Everybody knows what it's about. Why teach it? And as I kept going, I kept coming back to it and coming back to it. And I said, Lord, you know, why? Why? And then I started looking at it. And for some reason, I looked up at the top of the chapter. And what does it say right there? The what? Parable of the sower. Interesting. Okay, so right now we've learned about all the soils, right? So, you know, the first, the first one he talks about is the unsaved. Um, okay, I'm sorry. The first three, three portions is about the unsaved. The fourth one is about the good soil. So pretty much, if you're here, you're a believer, you feel, hey, I'm good soil. I can feel good about myself, right? Good? Kind of? Yes? You guys are looking at me like, no, 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 no. You're, you're coming with a left hook. Southpaw. Yes. It says it's the parable about the sower. Yes, the, 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 the soil is important. The soil is necessary. But it is the parable about the sower. Verse 9 and 10. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others I speak in parables so that though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. If we turn our Bibles over to Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 through 16. Matthew 13, verses 10 through 16. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Wow, that sounds extremely familiar, doesn't it? 
This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never persevering, or never perceiving. For this people, people's hearts have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. So as I was looking at this passage, I'm thinking, wow, there's something else behind this. I remember growing up and sitting in the pew, listening to my, pa- my, my dad preach. And, and there was times when sometimes he'd repeat his preaching. And, and I'd sit there and I was like, great, I get to draw, I get to play, I get to do something. And I remember my mom reading over to me and saying, hey, pay attention. I said, but I heard this one already. It's a rerun. <laughs> and she goes, no, 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 no. You need to listen. Because out of every word that God has given, he is always going to teach you something. Always. So, we put on a different perspective. We've already read that the title of this parable is not the parable of the four soils. It is the parable of the sower. Hmm. So let's see the characteristics of this sower. Oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, Sorry, let's, uh, so we dig deeper. And uh, so soil needs to be cultivated. Soil needs to, backpedal, I skipped the page. (laughs) Soil needs to be cultivated. So we look at ourselves and we think, okay, well, as, as somebody would put it, those dirty, rotten heathens are the ones that are, are hard, hard-headed. The seed doesn't go into them. Or they, they come into church and they say, oh, praise God. He is so awesome. And they love the songs and they love the preaching. It's so animated. And then they leave the building and it's back to normal life. No roots. Or you have the other ones that grow up with the thorns. And they say, yeah, this is great. This is, uh, this is, this is wonderful. I love Jesus. Jesus is good and, and he's a wonderful person. Uh, yeah, but uh, hold on. Let me, let, me, let me take care of my life first. Let me get this taken care of. Let me get this in order. You know, I was reading. I can't even remember where I was reading it. But it said there are so many uh, Christian atheists in the world today. You're like, what? Christian atheist, yes. That means they acknowledge them, they acknowledge Jesus Christ with their with their mouth. They say, Oh yes, Jesus Christ is 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 the Christ. He's the believer. He's he's the Jesus. But they deny him with their lives. Which means that he never makes it here. They don't want him here. They want to be there. So, if we're talking about this, we're talking about the soil. 
And, of course, all of us think, okay, we're the good soil. God landed in us. We're growing. We're the good soil. And guess what? There's no such thing as perfect soil. The same thing as there's no such thing as a perfect Christian. The same thing as there's no such thing as a perfect person. The only perfect one was God or Jesus. So that means that in our soil, we have little bits and pieces of the other soil. Some of our soil may be really hard and, and just, you know, stand off. No, no, no. You, you, um, it's it's got to be NASB or nothing else. Or um, it's got to be well, it's just different, different things that people believe in. And it gets you hard-headed. You, you, you lock yourself on that. There's part of it in us, in us, amen? Or there's times where there's part of it that we like the emotion. We like the touchy-feel. We like the, 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 it makes me happy. Well, last week we learned that it's not about the happiness. It's about God's joy. But sometimes, honestly, it makes us happy, doesn't it? <laughs> Makes us feel good. And other times, we have vices that grip around us. And if we're not careful, if we're not tilling that soil, if we're not taking care of getting out rocks, getting out weeds, making sure that the soil is soft and malleable so that when the seed comes, it germinates in proper soil. We get caught up in the things of this world. We get caught up in, in our work, in our school, in excelling, in succeeding, in, in, in different things that we can get caught up in. You know, he tells his disciples, you know he says, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you. Which means the knowledge of the kingdom of heaven have been given to us. You know, I, I, sometimes, and I don't know if it's happened to you, I've had to check myself a couple of times, where you know, you know, and, and you, you got the right answer. What's the right answer? Jesus. Good. You know, you have the right answer. You can do the Jesus talk. And you can fool a lot of people sometimes. But you can't fool God. God says, is if when you know, you grow. Plain and simple. God pours into you. You say, wow, Lord. You're right. I need to obey your word. And then you grow. God comes up to you and says, hey, you know what? Yeah, you're not behaving the right way. You're not resembling who I am. He rebukes you either through a brother or a sister or something. So then you, you, you get to the point where you think, oh, okay, I got this. I know this. And you stop growing because you know it all already. Have you ever had that happen to you? You say, no, I got this. I know this. You know, sometimes God says that we need to 
to stop being stagnant, to stop knowing it all and start growing again and always keep looking for him. So, as we said, the parable of the sower, what characteristics does this sower have that we're looking at? He's going on and he's thinking he's getting you're looking at him and he's throwing all this seed all over the place. That's one of my things. I remember my mom, she was always stickler about cleaning things, keeping everything orderly. I said, okay. And when I read this, I, I looked at it and I was like, oh my gosh, the sower is getting the seed and he's throwing it on the ground, throwing it on the trail, throwing it in rocks. Why is he doing that? Well, some of the characteristics are The sower is an optimist. He seeds over everything. He puts seed anywhere he can in hopes that God will germinate. He might be naive because he thinks it'll grow anywhere. He might be generous. Because like I said, he's spreading it everywhere, even knowing, even knowing that sometimes it's not going to take in that area. Because you got to think, look at the odds. We've got four, four types of soil. And three of them are bad. So that's 75% of the place where this sower threw his seed, only 25% is going to stick. He might be curious. So he's experimenting with different types of soil, seeing how it reacts. He might be wasteful, throwing away good seed on bad soil. He might be a strategist, knowing that the good soil will produce enough to cover the cost of the research and development of what we're doing with these seeds. Because we know, as God said, the seed is the word of God. We really have to take time and look at this as if we are the sowers. Yes, we are the soil. But that turns into once we grow and we germinate, we become the the sower also. And we have different characteristics. Everybody in this church is different. Everybody in this church has different talents. That God has given them. And sometimes we we come together from different points of view and we're able to say, hey, this is how we can reach the lost even better. So these seeds, the word of God. What are we expecting to, to, to harvest? What's going to come out of these seeds? If we turn to Galatians verses five, I mean cap, chapter five, verse twenty-two and twenty-three, because if we are the sower. 
and we are spreading our God's seed, God's word, what are we expecting to have harvest? Yes, we're expecting souls. Yes, we're expecting uh, uh, just uh, blessings for God. But if we're talking about harvesting, this is where, what God is expecting. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. You know, we had a chance to, to go out to the apple orchards last, last winter. It's one of the first times we went. And, uh, and I, I've heard, I'd hear people, oh, yeah, look at all these. It's beautiful. It's, man, it was. If you ever get a chance, go apple picking. It's really beautiful. And there were some apples thrown on the floor, and I picked one up, and it was rotten. I was like looking at it. I was like, oh. And if you look at an apple, how big are the seeds? Like, what, maybe that big kind of thing? Small little things. But in each of those seeds is a huge tree that can come out. So in a handful of seeds, in maybe 25% of what you put out, God's harvest can be a whole orchard. Of the fruits of the Spirit. In our lives, in our soil, if we cultivate them, these are the fruits that we should be seeing. As listed in in verse 22. So what do we do? You know, I, I was asked what the title of the sermon was, and I had no idea. I was like, Lord, well, what, what is it? What? And I think I, I, I told my wife, I said, what is it? So, so now what? So now what? Well, this is how it goes. So what do we do? We sow what? We sow the word of God. Spread the word of God anywhere we can. Any opportunity we can, even though we think it's bad land, bad soil, spread God's word. So when? Well, that's easy. When you're awake, you sow. Amen? You put that seed out. So where? Where do we sow? Everywhere. Any chance you get, spread God's word. Anytime, anywhere. We need to be God's sowers. I was. I wanted to paraphrase this, but it, it didn't. I, I didn't do it justice at all. And I saw this. It was a, a quote from uh, Paul Harvey, and he, he said this: 
And on the eighth day, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody to keep up, to get up before dawn and milk cows and work all the days in the field, milk cows again, eat supper, and then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. I need somebody with arms strong enough to rustle a calf, yet gentle enough to deliver his own grandchild. Somebody to call hogs, tame cantankerous machines, come home hungry and have to wait for lunch until his wife is done feeding and visiting with the ladies and telling them to be sure to come back real soon and mean it. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to sit up all night with a newborn colt and watch it die and dry his eyes and say, maybe next year. I need somebody that can shape an axe handle from a persimmon sprout, shoe a horse with a hunk of car tire, who can make a harness out of a haywire feed sack and shoe scraps, who at planting planting time and harvest season will finish his 40-hour week by Tuesday noon and then pain pain from tractor back, put in another 72 hours. So God made a farmer. God had to have somebody willing to ride the ruts at double speed to get the hay in ahead of the rain clouds and yet stop in midfield and race to help when he sees the first smoke from some neighbor's place. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to tame lambs and wean pigs and tend chickens. Who will stop his mower for an hour to mend the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. It had to be somebody who would plow deep and straight and not cut corners. Somebody to seed, weed, feed, and breed and rake and disc and plow and plant and tie the fleece and strain the milk and replenish the self-feeder and finish a hard week's work with a five-mile drive to church. Somebody who would bail the family together with the soft, strong bonds of sharing who'd laugh and then sigh and then reply with smiling eyes when his son says that he wants to spend his life doing what dad does. So God made a farmer. Look around, church. Look at the person sitting next to you, across from you. God made a farmer's. That's what we are. We're God's farmers. We're here to plant his seeds. We're here to come together. And when something just ain't working, put our heads together and say, hey, I got an idea. I love the fact that we're getting together with the elders more so because we have this chance to to cast a vision. And, and, and it's, it, it's, man, it's a doozy. Lord willing, once we get it all tied together and, and bottled and packaged, we're going to bring it here and God's going to call out some farmers. It's a parable. It's simple. It's short. It's sweet. It meets you where you're at. And sometimes 
it shakes you up and says, man, I got to till my soil because those fruits aren't showing. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we bless your name today, Father God. Lord, I ask that you just, uh, you germinate your seed, Father God, that you've planted, Father. I know this lowly farmer isn't, isn't his forte, Lord, but you called him. Lord, we are here. We're answering your call, Father God. Just as Samuel said, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Speak to me. Lord, there are so many people in the Bible who just had shortcomings. Yet those are the people that you use the most. Not because they were smart. Not because they were uh, excelling in everything that they could do. But simply because they said, Lord, I know my plot of land, my soil isn't perfect. But I want to help. I want to prepare it to, to have your harvest in me, Father. So that you could reap of these fruits that you've planted. Lord, help each one of us to be able to do your work. And to do it with joy in our hearts. And to always, always have a vision that will glorify, honor, and bless your name. We ask all of this in your precious and holy name. And we say, Amen. Well, thank you very much for being here. Hope you were blessed. And uh, look forward to seeing you on Wednesday night. Amen.